Welcome to episode three of a podcast you can't refuse. I'm Kyle, and in this episode, we are talking about episode three of The Offer, Fade In. And this episode picks up directly where we left off the last episode with Al Ruddy being kidnapped by the mob. Very similar to how Tom Hagen is kidnapped by a Salazzo in the first Godfather movie, complete with when they finally get to the meeting, Joe Colombo saying, hey, don't worry. If I wanted you dead, you'd be dead already. Colombo says in this scene that he's kidding, but let's be honest, he probably isn't. The crux of this episode is for sure the scene between Al Ruddy and Joe Colombo where Ruddy says and promises to let Columbo read the script after their meeting. And Columbo sees just the word fade in. And Ruddy explains that it's a script term for, you know, starting off black and then the picture eventually fading in and then appearing on the screen. And this leads into the discussion about what Joe Colombo really wants is not to hear and have people talking about the word mafia. And that is when Al Ruddy makes the deal to eliminate that word from the script. And for those of you that have seen The Godfather, you know for a fact there is no mention of the word mafia in the first movie there is a slight reference and talk about the mafia in the senate hearing of mafia cosa nostro those type of words but they are said by the politicians not the mafiosos themselves i also have kind of loved the fact that There does not exist any other type of pastry in the offer thus far. It is only cannolis. And as we all know, leave the gun, take the cannolis. We then go up to Staten Island for the tour of the compound. And you can tell right away Francis Ford Coppola is enamored with this space He has Ruddy and Betty sit down at one of the tables outside, acting as stand-ins for Michael and Kay for the wedding scene. And this is also the scene where we get Ruddy talking to Francis about, hey, I need you to do me a favor. Uh, You need to get rid of the word mafia. How many times has it appeared in the script? And Francis says that it only appears one time and it is from the producer in Hollywood, uh, Waltz, who, if you know the movie well enough of, as I've been explaining in this podcast, he has a series of ethnic slurs towards Italian people in a row talking about Johnny Fontaine never gets this picture, no matter how many 
then a series of ethnic ethnic slurs, mafia goombas, you send after me. And Ruddy's like, uh, cut the word mafia. And Francis clearly has the reaction of, eh, there's enough ethnic slurs in there already. We're fine. Which that is one thing that I do enjoy about the Godfather movies is actually the fact that the mafia characters themselves are actually the more pristine and almost more heartfelt at least and more politically correct characters like we have waltz saying all of these ethnic slurs and then finding out oh you're not you're not actually i italian fine you're you're german irish okay i got a couple ones for that too and then in the second movie uh Senator Geary is also the one who is more profane. And, you know, we have Michael and especially Tom Hagen, very proper, you know, very addressing everyone politely. And then that's juxtaposed with the, you know, supposed professional Senator Geary, you know, who is more profane. And after this meeting at the location itself, Ruddy says he has to meet a friend. And that friend is also actually Joe Colombo. And he meets him at the Copacabana in New York, where we have a slightly long tracking shot following them as they enter the dance floor. So we don't just get Godfather mafia movie references in this episode we get a little bit of goodfellas as well and in the course of this meeting colombo actually uses a Vito corleone line of you know you don't have to worry about him my friends are your friends and your enemies are now my enemies which don Vito says to bonacera the undertaker at the beginning of the Godfather film. And it's not really a reference into itself, but I do like the fact that Joe Colombo, much like Frank Pentangeli in the Godfather part two voices, his dislike about the West coast in Colombo's case, he's talking about, you know, Los Angeles, whereas Pentangeli doesn't understand high rises and an ivory tower that Michael is living in and here simping, sipping champagne cocktail in the Lake Tahoe. So I just thought that was a fun little character trait that both of these characters end up having. And then one of the next scenes is on set that is clearly a rehearsal space or a theater and it is Francis Ford Coppola doing a meeting with Al Pacino talking over how Al portrays and thinks about the Michael character. And you can tell that Pacino is very much already starting to get invested into this character of Michael and seeing all of these beats and realizing how many of those character traits 
that he can embody. I also love how it takes less than a full scene for the idea of Francoise, the girlfriend of Al Ruddy, helping out in the office for all of that to come apart terribly and in the most wonderful way. You know, I know she doesn't know what is happening and the extent of the Mickey Cohen problem and the mafia problem and how it actually all spun from Frank Sinatra hating the script and the book, but pitching Frank Sinatra as the Don is incredibly hilarious. And then of course, capping that off by doing that in front of Robert Evans and even Betty is like, how, how long is this, is this going to become a regular thing? Then we get a scene of showing the casting reels to Robert Evans. And this is one of the big freakouts where he says that Al Pacino never gets this movie. And if you know all of the behind the scenes stories between this and the Godfather part two, you know, there is a very contentious relationship between Robert Evans and Francis Ford Coppola because Coppola just always personified every problem that he had with the studio, whether it was Robert Evans or not as a problem with Robert Evans, which is why when the Godfather part two gets end up being made, part of his deal was Robert Evans is not allowed near the set or being involved in this film whatsoever. And one of our last scenes is uh, Joe Gallo, crazy Joe Gallo being released from prison. And he goes up to Harlem instead of going back to the regular Italian mafia and we get a little sit down with the mafiosas and Joe Colombo about Gallo, which thanks to series like Boardwalk Empire, I have done a lot of research into the 30s and 40s gangsters, but I don't know a ton about everything kind of leading into the 70s gangsters. So I'm actually interested to see where this plot line in particular goes because I don't know as much about it. And then the episode ends with a bit of good news, bad news in the fact that Mario Puzo finally gets a letter back from Marlon Brando and he is very much interested in playing the Don. But also, Joe Gallo is going to burn down the world of Joe Colombo. So that's all the references and Easter eggs that I found in this episode. I'll be back next week. And until then, make sure to follow me at Knocked Out Films and make sure to like and subscribe to this podcast. Thanks.